welcome to Sunnybrook during the last Sunday of the year. I don't know exactly why you're here, but I would like for you to spend the next few moments thinking about why it is that you come to church, why it is that you spend time reflecting on who God is, who you are, and the amazing difference between the two. Some people come to church to feel good. After all, um, church can be a place where we can hear about God's love and about God's peace and about God's forgiveness. And so we come to a place like this at a time like this, and we hope to hear from the word of God some kind of instruction to us, some kind of encouragement to us, some kind of a, you have no idea how special you are to us, so that we can feel good. We become addicted to that. You know what it's like? Feeling good about feeling good. It's a human interest. It's a human desire. It's important for us to look into God's word and then to cast that against our lives and at times to feel good. Sometimes, though, it can become rather addicting so that whenever there's like a rub or wherever there's conflict in our own lives up against God's word, it, it, it's so, it is so addicting, this feeling good about feeling good. It's so what drives us in many other areas of our lives, our relationships, our employment. I just, I love where I'm at right now. I love how things are going right now. I feel really good about feeling good. There are churches that are devoted to this. And and I have to believe that many of them, with the best of intentions, they read this great book that we all share and they find those those, those moments, those reflections, those words of truth that genuinely offer encouragement and hope. And then they decide, we're just going to live right here. I was preaching through a series a couple of years ago and I got an email from someone that was regular attending this church and they just said, listen, I, I'm just, I hope you take this in the right way, which you know what's coming then, right? Hope you take this in the right way, but I just feel like for the last few weeks, these, these messages have just been heavy and they've just been hurting and church is the place where I've come, where my family and I like to come so that we can feel good. And, and I don't think he was saying that I should never preach the truth, but for some reason he was really wrestling with this and, and I really took it at face value. I didn't just discard it. I, I just remember writing back, but we're in 2 Corinthians. Like, I have to deal with this text. I I did, I I actually, I just stopped. Whenever I, I get anything like that, I just have to stop and say, God, like, are you speaking to me here? And I had to admit, it's getting kind of tired, being almost worn down having to preach these difficult messages on these difficult topics to people that are sometimes struggling, feeling good about feeling good. I get it. That's not all that church is about. I I know some people actually that have learned how to feel good about feeling bad. 
They, they refer to this as a theological spanking. Have you ever had one of those? Have you ever, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt good about feeling bad? Man, preacher, man, you were stepping on my toes this morning. And they say it like they enjoyed it. They say it like somehow they really felt like in that moment that, that truth was being spoken and that, that rub up against them, that scraping sound actually felt like it was purifying, like it was working. And they became, they can become, I can become addicted to the opposite of feeling good about feeling good, but genuinely feeling good about feeling bad. Those messages that speak about God's high expectation, which is true. About God's righteousness, about God's justice, about God's judgment. About what Jesus Christ did for you. I hope you're happy. I am actually. I, I feel kind of good right now about feeling so bad. And we walk away, and there are a lot of people, when they walk away, man, I felt like I went to church this morning. I hope that you're not afraid, preacher, to preach the truth, and I kind of know what they're asking. I've actually got those emails as well. You know, preacher, I don't feel like you're speaking to the real sins of our people. Sometimes when you're preaching the gospel, you can't win. Feeling good about feeling bad. What if both of those, having a glimmer of truth and uh, an honest interest, an inclination of all of us that, that want to feel good sometimes and, and genuinely recognize the brokenness in our lives and are helped by feeling bad, what if both of those fundamentally are, are broken or are wrong at the core? What if what is right or proper particularly of men and women who love God and desire to know the truth about him, not some lie, who desire to have their lives be conformed into the image of the one that died for them. What if instead of chasing good feelings or bad feelings, feelings aren't bad, feelings aren't, aren't, aren't wrong, they're also not the most important thing. What if there's something that is much greater and as we have a grateful look back on 2018, instead of trying to feel good, you done that? Just trying to find goodness in your life and in your circumstances at all costs? What if instead of feeling good or feeling bad, what if, what if it's about feeling good about feeling right about circumstances. How should you feel about that? That's very seldom a question. We, we, we are living in a time where our feelings definitely run and dictate how we look at the world. Justin was praying for a divine, eternal perspective to begin to change our thinking, to help us see, to help us understand. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible comes in and, and the Bible recognizes that everyone's going to have feelings and everyone's going to have desires and hopes and dreams. And what the Bible does, the Bible says, are you feeling right about your circumstances? Are you feeling right about your relationship with God? 
Are you feeling right as you look back on 2018, which is what I want to do this morning. When we look back on 2018, do we have the right perspective? Preacher, tell me the truth. Is God pleased with me? There's a lady that has uh, passed away from our congregation just this past year. She had been in a number of Bible studies that I taught for a number of years, just a faithful, faithful, godly woman. And I'll never forget one day after I was teaching, she caught me in the hallway and she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she just said, Jim, do you think I'm going to go to heaven? And I looked at her and I said, Miss Olive, why would you even doubt She just began to describe, not not that I've done terrible things, but man, God is so good and God is so great. And I I just, I, I relished in this time standing in our church hallway looking at this saint. And, And by the way, she's that way because of the blood of Jesus, not because of anything she's done but because of what Christ has done for her and then her connection to that. And I looked at her and I said, Miss Olive, I need you to know and to find rest and to find peace. I need you to take your feelings, your fears, your concerns, and I need you to take them to what the Bible teaches. I just have one question for you, Olive. Have you trusted Jesus Christ with your sin problem? Oh, yes, I have then what's the question again? See, what Olive needed to hear was the truth. The truth about what Jesus Christ has done and the truth about her connection to that by faith. She looked at me and by the time she was done, I I didn't offer her some kind of, but listen, you're like the, you've worked harder than anybody I know around here. You're the sweetest lady. You're you're almost as sweet as Miss Genevieve. Like you're that sweet. You know what I mean? I just said, you know who Jesus is? Yes. We trusted him? Yes. And it was time for her To feel right. To feel that kind of hope. To feel that, that's what what an eternal perspective should do to us. What I want to do in our short time this morning is to just look at some reflections from a book that has been so helpful for me. It's 1 Thessalonians. And so why don't you go there? It's in the New Testament. It's uh, kind of right in that middle of that section of Paul's letters. About halfway through, um, you got First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and then there it is, First Thessalonians, five small chapters. I will confess to you, it was a book that I overlooked for many years. And then when I started teaching at Ozark Christian College, uh, the dean said to me, "Oh, by the way, one of the classes you're going to be teaching is First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians." And I remember thinking, "Great, I've never really studied them." like intentionally like that. So this ought to be interesting. And this book became such a staple for my thinking about Jesus and about ministry. And I love how this book begins because what the Apostle Paul does is he's not, he's not here to make anybody feel good or he's not here to make anybody feel bad. He just, he wants to tell the truth about Jesus Christ and then let the feelings work themselves out. This is the truth about who God is. This is the truth about who we are. 
And then we look at those huge, unchanging truths, and then we find peace, and we find joy, and we find expectation, and we find in ourselves, we're going to be honest, disappointment, and then we find hope again. Because Jesus gives us, many of us, another day. Here's how Paul begins his letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He says this, verse 2, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father, and then notice what he says I want to focus on. I, I think about you and I think about your work of faith, two words that we don't really like kind of going side by side. We love to divide up works and faith where the Bible kind of holds them together rather tightly. Your works of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. Faith, hope, and love, Paul said. Faith, hope, and love, these three great things. And Paul says, I see all of them in you. I see your faith working its way out. Not, not, not to be saved, but because you have been saved. I see your love, and it is a labor that wells up inside of you, that you recognize that because of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done, that there is going to be an automatic response. And I see that in you. And that is a sign that God is working in you, that that is a sign confirming the hope that you have, and that hope is steadfast. And where do you find all of this, this work of faith, this labor of love, and the steadfast of hope? It is all in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Those are some powerful verses. The Apostle Paul, looking back on his brief time when he established the church by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, and there were those that dared to believe. There were those that were convicted by the truth of the gospel and the Holy Spirit inside of them, and they responded in faith to this, and then their lives were changed. And Paul spends some time looking back, being grateful for who they are. And so this morning, what I would like us to do is to just stop and to look back and be grateful for this fellowship, for how we have been blessed by God. This is not a work that we have done on our own. No, it is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But here in this fellowship, I just want to speak accurately, and these are some things that have gone on over the last 365 days. We have gone. Notice how I worded it? See the go? We're going to recognize that as we understand the gospel to have come to us and our obligations, we believe that it is a responsibility for us to go and to gather and to grow. 
We read the gospel, we read Jesus' commands to his disciples, and we recognize that there is an automatic response to us because of what he has done, that we will become like him, and as we follow him, we what? We go and we have. We truly have. Now, there can always be a tendency at moments like this to want to pat ourselves on the back. I'd like for you to, to resist that. That's, that's maybe under that, that danger about feeling good about feeling good. Hey, look what we did. Aren't we awesome? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, in the words of the Apostle Paul, that as we just stop and we think about what Jesus Christ has done for us, and then we think about what we have done for God's glory, for others' benefit, and then also for our joy. We have gone. We traveled to countries like Africa and Haiti. We've traveled to Poland. We, we have traveled even within this community. I, I love just stopping and reflecting on those, those, those impulses that we have, those passions that we have that, that help us to move beyond ourselves and to recognize there is a need all around us. A special event where single moms come and have an opportunity to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Opportunities that we have to not just recognize those that have physical needs, but we have actually gone by supporting those who continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in places like Japan, in Ghana, Mexico. And we have been a part of that. And it's good for us to stop and to reflect on the fact that over the last 365 days, there has been an opportunity for us that we have been faithful to so that the word of God has been proclaimed, people have responded in faith, we have in fact gone. I just can't tell you how important it is that that matter to us. Now, this is where it kind of catches me because when we share things like that, there are some people that go, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. Now, for those of you that when I mentioned those places you were on those trips, that's one response, right? That's, oh, yeah, I was there. That was awesome. When we had an opportunity to be in that square and to, 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 to play music for those people and when we had an opportunity to be in that place where we were offering medical help, when we were there and we had that opportunity to hear the gospel preached to those people who maybe had never even heard the gospel, sure, there's joy there, but many of us didn't have an opportunity to go like that. It's still so important for us as a community of faith to stop and reflect that even though you may not have been the one to go to Poland or the one to go to Japan or the one to go to Haiti, that collectively as a body, we share in this together. We share in the responsibility of sending and we share with great joy the celebration that we have in fact been faithful I just couldn't help but think that, especially looking back, um, it's, it's been kind of fun just the last few weeks to, to hear others preach. 
And how many enjoyed the message that Brother Jake preached a few weeks ago on Acts 8, right? The Ethiopian, and I just couldn't help but just stop. And as he was describing stories and describing places, I remember the first time that a group of people came back, the first time that we sent a team to Ethiopia, and they were all excited, and they're telling all these stories, and Julie Davis is telling them in this animated, just very ecstatic way. And I just remember sitting there trying to get excited and going, I don't feel it. And I felt bad about not feeling good. I'm literally listening to all this excitement about what Paul Weiss and Joe Weiss did, and I'm just kind of going, yeah, I wasn't there. And then I went, and everything changed. To be able to find joy, to be able to, to struggle with that, and to recognize that there is something God's divine work for us to take great joy and purpose in knowing that we have sent, in knowing that we have gone, in knowing that we have participated in the work of Jesus Christ where the truth about him and then the care from him has been, ex been extended to people around the world beginning in Stillwater We have also gathered. We, we have, we have, what we mean by that gathering concept, it's not just that we have friends. It's so much more than just, we, one of the reasons why we do, we say go and it means so much more than just mission trips. It means just us sharing the gospel with people, us coming to faith. It, it, seems, it seems like so small to just put it in one small little category and that gather one. Sometimes people mostly just think about like a life group that they're in or a Sunday school class that they're a part of. It's more than that. The concept of gathering and therefore for us celebrating that we have gathered, what I want you to think about now and to be grateful to God for are those lives that have helped shape your life. See, a lot of people want to ask that question, where, where is God? Where, where is God in, in all of this? And, and yet, the Bible teaches so, so, so clearly that, in fact, God has demonstrated his presence in the fact that we are here with one another, doing life together, experiencing life together. And let's be honest, that's not easy. Like any relationship that is significant. This is where it's not about feeling good or feeling bad. It's about feeling right because so many of those relationships in the last 365 days have demanded tough conversations. They've demanded you slowing down and actually hearing maybe difficult words spoken to you. But they were spoken in love. And somehow, by, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can recognize that, that we have one another. That God has not left us alone. That not only has he given us his spirit, and not only has he spoken to us so clearly about, about himself through his word, but he has given us one another. Now, listen, you might, you might not fully understand or appreciate the community of faith that is around you, but if you stop and reflect on how God desires to work 
in your life to develop the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All of those words demand a community to live it out with. And we have gathered. Families have been comforted during times of tremendous grief. And families have been supported times of financial need. Families, as they just go through just the regular comings and goings, we've been able to celebrate the birth of new ones. And we've actually said goodbye to old saints. And that's what it means to to gather and to gather well. This work of faith, this labor of love, the steadfastness of hope is not just nostalgic. It's not just looking back at the high moments or the low moments, but it's recognizing that in every moment we have the opportunity and the privilege and the joy and the blessing to be thankful for the fact that we don't have to go through this alone. What a joy it is to look back on 2018 whether they be good times or bad times or the majority, it's just time, isn't it? Majority is just time. And just to know that God has been faithful. Only we had the eyes to see the many times that God was faithful to us through a phone call or a visit to just stop and to say thank you, God, so much. This past year, we, we decided, I listened to a very interesting podcast at the end of 2017, talking about the need for gratefulness to really kind of bring up this, this, this better attitude about life. And it wasn't some kind of corny or flaky podcast. It was really describing that when you spend time stopping and thinking, not just about the things that you quickly are grateful for, Heidi Mae, that's my granddaughter, Heidi Mae, sure, Oh, Andrea. Okay, now keep going. Huh. This was lots to be grateful for. That when you get down in that, when you stop and reflect on that, the majority that's just time, with an attitude recognizing that God's hand is in that, and that God has demonstrated his faithfulness to us, by others interacting with us and by us interacting with them. We begin to recognize the Holy Spirit moving. We have gathered well. I've been blessed by so many of you. I just want to say thank you for caring for me and for my family during our times of great celebration and our times of loss. And as I look around this room, I just can't help but think, almost all of us could say that. We often use the phrase, Happy New Year. Well, maybe it's good for us to think about, it's, it, there really is a happy to the end of this year. Because God has been so good to us, through us. Don't, don't, don't pat yourself on the back. 
But do you realize, just, I want you to stop for a moment. Have you ever just stopped and been grateful for those moments in the last 365, last 365 days, where you've done something kind to somebody else? You ever thanked God for that? You ever thank, and I, God, I don't know if I ever would have thought about that except that you put it on my heart. Again, it's not a pat on the back, but it's recognizing that there have been many things that you most likely have done to bring peace, to bring encouragement, to bring hope, to demonstrate the work and the love of Jesus Christ in the life of somebody else. I'm not asking you to feel good about feeling good. I'm asking you to feel good because what you did was right. Praise God for that. Praise the Lord for that. I, I don't I became deeply convicted a number of years ago that we don't spend enough time thanking God for the work that he is doing in our own lives. So quick to deflect. Or else we can kind of take it on as our own self-righteousness, but neither are appropriate. But we have gathered well. And then lastly, we have grown. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, a little too much. Christmas, right? No. When we talk about growing, what we talk about is a little bit how Justin was calling us to pray. God, give us, in his communion time as well, God, give us like the right understanding of yourself. To grow begins by a understanding, a right understanding of who Jesus is, of who God is of the Holy Spirit, of his purpose and his plan. Like, we need to understand that. But then it's not just about understanding that. It's about recognizing it and then responding to it. It is about growing so that we not only know God better, that we know God more truly, more accurately, but then there is a, an automatic, natural, in the sense of Holy Spirit now lives in me, supernatural, natural inclination in me to become more obedient to him. I'm telling you, I've seen it in us. We have grown. We have gone through difficulties that we never thought we would go through. Our faith has been tested like we never thought it would be tested. Or maybe we had feared it would be tested like that. And God was faithful to us. God said, go, and we went. God said, stay in this relationship, and we stayed in that relationship. God said, speak words of truth, and I don't, I don't want to say it. God said, speak words of truth. God said, forgive, and we forgave. What do we do? We stop and we thank God for that. That we have in fact grown, that we have in fact collectively as a body, but also individually, we have become more like Jesus Christ because the truth about him has been spoken and we have worked together to be obedient to that. I want you to be aware of and be listening to words when we're preaching or praying corporately to how can we repent and then believe the truth? How can we recognize and then respond to the work of Jesus Christ? And I'm not here to say, come on, guys. I'm here to say, praise the Lord. Can you see it in you? Have you stopped to give thanks to God? For those moments 
in 2018 where you recognized the Spirit's voice, where you recognized him speaking to you through a word preached or through just a word spoken, through his conviction, and you have responded faithfully? Again, you don't need to pat yourself on the back, but it is appropriate to feel good about rightness and that rightness is for the benefit of others, ultimately the glory of God, and I just pray it becomes your joy. Before we can be even begin to think about 2019, I think it just is responsible and appropriate for us to stop and to look back and to say, thank you, God, for helping me see these truths about you and for pulling me into a deeper and more substantial relationship with you. Thank you for not letting go of my own brokenness, but instead you have redeemed it. Instead, you are beginning to restore. Are you seeing? This is the question I always ask at the end of the year. Have I become more like Jesus Christ than I was 365 days ago? It can become so difficult to see it in the day to day. But stopping and looking back, grown, I'll tell you this, I have seen so much growth in so many of us. There was a, a, a preacher who wrote a book a number of years ago saying that one of the most important things that churches need to do is actually um, to have a scorecard. It's important to have a scorecard. Because if you don't, then you don't, you don't know what the score is. Like one of the things about going to a game that you love is that you look at the scoreboard and you can know whether or not your team is winning or losing. And in this book, he was just describing that every church needs to have a scorecard. I remember when as a staff we read that book and I just kept being convicted. Like, I don't know what to count. What do we count? Attendance? Dollars? The one thing that I just kept thinking is an always a win is when someone recognizes and responds the prompting of God. That's a win. I, I know that's a win. Just I, without a shadow of a doubt. And I just want to say, like you have been an encouragement to me. And I, I think I can speak for all of us that, that we have genuinely been an encouragement to one another and it is good for us to thank God for that. This continued work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, let me close with this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul, uh, although there's five chapters, you know how preachers say, hey, we're, I'm, I'm about to close, and then he doesn't close. Paul does that in a couple of books. In chapter four, and there's five chapters, he says, finally then, brothers, chapter four, verse one, finally then, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. See, this is the part that I love. He, he does this actually twice in this one paragraph. But what he says is, just as you are doing, just as you continue to, to, to go and to gather and to grow, just as you've been doing in 2018, 
All I ask you to do is just do so more and more. That, that's not some kind of a, come on guys, we could do better. That is a praise be to God for what he has done and for us to neglect God's faithfulness in 2018 is a sin. For us to neglect the work of the Holy Spirit, for us to not be grateful and thankful for what God has done for us as we have responded to what he has led us to do is just not right. And sure, I, I, I guarantee you, if we stop long enough, we can find those moments where we should have gone and we didn't. There were those moments when we could have stayed in that relationship and gathered well, and we didn't. There, there, there have been those moments in my own life where I know I could have grown, and I didn't. But it looks like we're getting 2019, doesn't it? I'll let him decide that over the next couple of days. I just love the fact that we have an opportunity to not only look back and to be grateful, but then to look forward and to be expectant, just as we have been doing, let us do so more and more. The mission of God is not going to change. The world, these beautiful blue um, poster boards have just been such a help for me even to just come in here and to kind of pray through the ministries that we have, to, to look at the lives that continue to be molded and shaped by the gospel. These become opportunities for you and I to celebrate what God has done, both looking back and then in a very exciting way, looking forward. Paul ends this book, 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 5. He says something, and I want this to be our benediction this morning. Paul says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means to make you holy. It means to make you more like Jesus. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can I get so excited about this? Listen, I, I know that we're broken, but he is not. Like, I know that we struggle, but he does not. I know that you and I get that one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back, but God is always faithful. And how does Paul end this letter? For he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Please, over the next couple of days, spend some time being thankful to the God who called you, who has redeemed you, and in the midst of the circumstances of 2018 has been faithful every step of the way. Stop and give him thanks. And then with great eager expectation, look forward to a happy new year. Pray. God, thank you for what you have done. That, Father, we have grown and we have gathered. Father, we have gone. But it is because of you. So I pray that we would feel right about what you have done and what you have done through us. God, I pray that you would keep us from self-righteousness, but also keep us from just a lack of ability to even feel good about all that has happened this year for your glory and for others' benefit. Father, I pray that you would teach us 
to make your kingdom our joy. Father, I know that there are some people I need to make sure know that they have been um, an encouragement to me. I pray, Father, that for your glory's sake, that we would be a church that would know how to not just say thank you to you, but because of you, to be grateful for one another. Father, so we thank you for all that you have done. Because of you, we look forward to a whole new year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you want to continue this faith conversation, we would love to continue it with you. Happy New Year!